Welcome to Soulful Connections. I'm Amanda Solar, host and creator of the podcast and SoulfulLiving.com. This is the place people will connect you to their stories, their journeys, and how they've found meaning in their lives. Join us. Let's connect. Connection. Interviewing this week's guest, Paige Friend, really made me think about myself and my own connection to the beach. And I don't fully understand why I'm drawn to the ocean, to the beach. Um, There's something about the beach that is powerful and beautiful and mystical. I mean, when I was younger, I used to think about water. I would actually hold it in my hand and think, what's the difference? Why is this not air? I was a weird kid, but let's not digress. When my husband and I went to Jamaica well over three decades ago, we looked down at the water and we looked at each other and we said, we are finding our way to someplace magical every year. And not every year does that magical place feature a beach, but most of the time it does. And most of the time we have kept that commitment to ourselves and to each other. I think that there's something about the beach that speaks to life's larger themes. The beach is powerful and unpredictable and it's huge and yet you can look down and you can see one small drop it's welcoming and it can be intimidating you can see everything and you can see nothing so i invite you to think about the role the beach has in your own life or if it's not the beach what is it that's calling to you that's your invitation And in the meantime, enjoy this week's podcast. I am here with Paige Friend, host of The Beach Speaks. And I am so excited because I've been a listener of The Beach Speaks, which is a podcast that Paige is the host and maybe the creator of. I'm going to let her tell you that because I'm not even sure. And now I have her here. Well, kind of here. I have her here virtually. (laughs) So welcome, Paige. Thank you for being on Soulful Connections. Oh, thank you, Amanda. It was a a thrill when you reached out to me and said, hey, you want to be on the podcast? And I I said, yeah, and and we'll switch and you can be on mine. And it would be be a really great experience for both of us to reach out to other podcasters. I don't know if you've talked to anybody else. No, the, uh, no, I haven't. Podcast. You're my yeah. only one so far, Paige. Yeah. <laughs> and it was <laughs> And yeah. you know, I know that I have a love and an affinity for the beach. And obviously you do. 
I just want to start off by asking you, did you start your podcast? Was it in existence? And you know, how did you come to host it? How did that happen? Okay, it is a um, an interesting story, and I tell it in one of my podcasts, and it kind of goes back to what I say, how I'm, when I woke up one morning and said, I want to meet my soulmate, quit my nine to five, move to the beach. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, yeah. So it was, a, there were a series of events that happened. And bef before that, I started listening to podcasts back in, oh gosh, 2014, I guess, with my all-time favorite podcaster, Rich Roll. I highly recommend him. And I feel like I've grown up with him in the podcast world and in the world of how do I share my passion with, mm -hmm. with other people. And I just love the medium of podcasting because it's such an intimate space where people are listening to your voice in, you know, in their ears. Um, and it's like, you have a conversation together, a connection that you don't really have with a radio show or a TV show or, or anything else. It's, it's, it's a unique experience, I think. And uh, I fell in love with podcasts when I started listening to Rich Roll and following his trajectory. And then I, I was working in the aviation field for 20 some years. Wow. And I, one morning I woke up and I went, no, this isn't what I want to be doing. There is something else I, I need to be doing. And I had been talking about moving to the beach forever. Uh, my customers and friends would say, well, where are you, what beach are you going to move to? And I said, I don't know. Well, what are you going to do? I don't know. It just, I just want to move to the beach. The rest I'll figure out. Right. And I just felt like I was stuck in a holding pattern. Like, you know, there was something I wanted to do, but I just couldn't get the nerve to, to break out of that holding pattern and actually, you know, take that flight. Uh, yeah. So I, I, like I said, I woke up one morning and said, no, this is, this is not for me. And I was in a dating relationship for almost nine years at the time. And that wasn't really working out for me either. I mean, he was a great guy. I loved his company, but I knew that his moving to the beach and all of that wasn't, wasn't in the cards. That just wasn't his, his thing. And that was kind of, I was kind of stuck in that and wanted to get yes. out of that. And so that, you know, I wanted to meet my soulmate and the uh, wow. move to the beach kind of came later. So I, I really, I did all three. Um, That's incredible. <laughs> when I, yeah, when I tell people that they say, well, oh my gosh, I want to do that too. How'd you do that? And I said, well, it's not like somebody came down with a magic wand and tapped me on the head and said, your three wishes are granted. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really wish go, that was the answer to the story I know, because right? I would be all in. <laughs> I I had to do some work. Yeah. I was working with a mindfulness coach, my friend Ramona. And when I came to her with this, this thing, how I, I said, I'm, I'm leaving Jeff. I'm leaving my job and I'm moving to the beach. I'm going to do all this. And 
she said, uh, okay, let's slow down a little bit and work this out because yeah, you could probably drop all of this and run off to the beach, but you might want to take a step back and kind of work it through so that it's, it's what you intend. And so she and I worked together a little bit on that. And I slowly started making those moves and taking it back to rich roll. I had the wonderful opportunity to attend a retreat in Italy with him wow. and his wife, who also has a podcast. And it was during that retreat that I realized, yeah, I, I'm going to do this. I'm, I'm going to leave my job. And I had met my soulmate Ernie, which is a whole other story. And, you know, I'm moving to the beach. I'm going to do this. And so I arrived home from Italy on a Sunday night. I didn't even unpack my bags. I sat down at the computer, wrote my resignation letter and came in wow. the next morning. <laughs> that yeah. is incredible. Yeah. Well, it, it's something that I, I want to share with people is that don't wait for that oh, mm. someday, you know, I'm going to do this because you know, you don't know when that someday is going to happen. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. it's just, uh, find, you can find a way, find do a way, do it now. Think, like, what is it about the beach? You know how you, you say it speaks, like, what is it saying? What is it calling to you? What do you think that is? Yeah, well, certainly it was calling me to to come and move to it the beach. Yeah, anytime yeah. that I visited the beach, Cocoa Beach was the closest to me. I was living in Orlando. So I would go in the mornings and just sit on the beach and meditate. And the beach would mm -hmm. speak to me and say, yeah. I, I would just like, this feels like home. I just feel like me when I'm here. And I would visit my parents who had moved to Clearwater. And it was the same thing when I was going through a lot of stress, having to take care of aging parents and all of that. And so the beach was my refuge. It was the place I had to just run there and just sit there and listen and feel all that, that the beach, the ocean, the, the waves that uh, had to, had to say to me. Yeah. It's kind of like a full sensory experience, the beach. It is. You can and smell it. You can feel it. You can hear it, you know. Right. And that, when I decided to do the podcast, I was sitting on the beach here in Jacksonville Beach. I had moved here. I was getting up every morning, like I still do, and uh, go the few blocks over to the beach and sit down. And I was looking at the sunrise and just thinking about how wonderful my life is that I actually, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm here. And how can I share that with others? I'd always wanted to be in service to people. And I, I thought, well, you know, I love podcasts. I love the beach. Why not just put the two together? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. And when so, was that, by the way? How long have you been doing this? Uh, I started in 2019. And it was kind of in fits and starts. I would record and then it would be 
like another month before I could get something else together. I'm, I do all the things I record, I produce, I edit the whole nine yards. So it's kind of a process and it was a learning process for me because I can get in front of a microphone and speak, but then right. it's all the other things <laughs> it's all the other that you stuff. have to do to, <laughs> to get it out there in the world. And I, it was, I guess during the pandemic, like a lot of people who really had a chance to sit at home uh-huh. and I thought, you know what, I really, I want to make something of this. I, I want to share this with the world. So I, I got my microphone out. I, I just started recording and here I am. There you are. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that ability to make those dramatic life changes. I think that so many of us keep going in our stations. I want to say, whether it's a relationship or a job or a location, because extrication is tricky and hard and there's a lot of levels to it you know you have people's expectations and you have your own expectations and it takes courage and fortitude and how did you where did you conjure that up like was that something you've always had have you always been that person that is going to change it up and walk into the unknown I I never thought I was However, when I was exploring some stories of where did I get this obsession with the beach and all of that, it, it went yeah. back to when I was, when I was young and living in the mountains of central Pennsylvania, you know, nowhere near the beach. But like I said, I, when I did go to visit, it just was in me and I moved around a lot after college. So I was used to new places and new experiences, but like a lot of people, you get in your comfort zone because it's sure. safe. You know, you've got your yeah. friends, you've got your family, or you you know your surroundings and and all of that. So I think I got to the point where I wasn't growing anymore. Yeah. You know, I was safe. Yeah. I could have stayed in the job. I could have stayed in the relationship. You know, it was fine. It was safe. It was comfortable. Uh, I didn't really have to do much other than just show up and do my thing. However, I knew that really true growth doesn't happen until you break out of your comfort zone. And yeah, I think also that if you have friends and people around you to encourage you and give you that support, it it makes it a little easier. I mean, I not not everybody has that. Um, but that certainly helped me. Like when I got with my friend Ramona and I came up with this wacky idea, you know, I'm going to meet my soulmate, quit my nine to five, move to the beach, you know, all at once. And yes. she said, okay, that's doable. <laughs> However, let's, you know, pump the brakes. Let's look back and yes. see just well, how we all we're going to do Ramona this. Because she didn't say you're crazy. Don't do that. And I, I mean, I do think we do need people in our lives. You know, she helped guide you. But she also supported these dreams. I think that's so important. And if you don't have those people in your life, find them, cultivate them, I think. Exactly, exactly. And that's one of the things that she had me start doing. She said, well, okay, what beach are you looking at? And I said, well, I really don't know. I've been going to Clearwater, which is on the Gulf, but I go to Cocoa, which is on the Atlantic. And I just 
don't really know. And she said, well, why don't you go and just kind of hang out there and see who's there? Maybe, maybe join a meetup or something to where you can really kind of get a feel for what it's like living there. And if you really like that area or, or whatever. So I, I did put some effort into, into that. And that just kind of got the ball, the ball rolling, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's a really good point because I do think that sometimes people, they think thinking is going to manifest their desires you know, so they spend every day maybe thinking or writing and then writing and thinking. And there is an element of action that is needed, I think, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's just and getting, like you, like you said, it, it is a little act of courage to say, mm. okay, I'm going to do this. But, you know, I really, that kind of took the the full commitment out of it in that I just kind of eased myself into. Yes. Yeah, bit the, by bit. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, sometimes you are tied to where you are because you have a family member that needs your care or, or what have you, but sure. I, I think like in terms of the beach, you can create that right where you are in a way. So it might not mean that you have to move to the beach. It might not mean you have to move to the mountains or I don't know, leave that job or something. You You can find something that gives you that same sense of freedom or whatever it is you're looking for really right where you are. Um, Yeah. I love that page because it's what I, when I say a soulful life or soulful living, that's kind of what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, you, we all can live a very comfortable, predictable and safe life. And that is fine. To me, it gets kind of soulful when you go beyond that. And sometimes that means stretching yourself. Speaking of stretching yourself, I just want to know where does learning how to fly a plane come in? We were talking about flying a plane. Like when did that find its way (laughs) into your life? (laughs) Yeah, I know. When I think about that, I guess when you were saying, where is this sense of, uh, I don't know, adventure or doing things outside the norm, learning to fly an airplane is not something that everybody does every day. No, I probably will die without having done it. (laughs) (laughs) I was uh, married at the time to an army officer and we were stationed in Oklahoma and he had a a love of flying and he got his pilots, uh, he had his pilot's license and his instructor license. And I was working at the airport at the time because I thought, what a great job to have. That's and, that yearning, right? That's kind of like, yearning. yeah, it's almost yeah, like, yeah. yeah. I mean, and once again, I put myself in a position to kind of ease into this idea that maybe I could fly an airplane. And once again, I had somebody to support me, a woman that I worked with said, Paige, you absolutely can learn how to fly. She said, just even just go up in the plane and learn how to navigate. So in, in case the pilot, something happens to them, you can feel safe and taking the controls or talking on the radio. And I mean, that's all just get to your first solo. Even it doesn't mean you have to like commit to the whole license or whatever. And I I thought, okay, yeah, I can do it. And and, uh, once I decided, then all the pieces just kind of fell into place. I found a plane that, that was super inexpensive to fly. And I had a flight instructor. I 
Yeah. And Oklahoma is super easy to learn how to fly because it's kind of like on a grid. There aren't m- mountains to run into or anything. You know, you just get up in the air and, and just follow follow your course. And uh, yeah, so I did it. You know, it's so interesting because you have such a graceful and peaceful demeanor. And then <laughs> I just feel like underneath it, there's also this determination and this focus and this courage so that kind of just comes together um is that where what was your childhood like you said you grew up in and I grew up in central Pennsylvania yeah in a small town Clearfield which is a originally a coal mining country yeah coal mining town it was my mother's hometown we had moved from outside New York City to to live in my mom's hometown and I don't know it. And that was kind of the safe environment. Not a whole lot of people did anything or even left the town and all of that. But my, my father was from Southern California. He was a professional singer entertainer. So he, Oh my gosh. that's Yeah. He was, uh, he did a lot of off Broadway and sort of that sort of thing and traveled with a number of groups. So I got kind of that being out in front of people entertaining kind of yes. gene, I suppose, and my way around a microphone, or I don't know how that goes. No, but right. That makes sense. My mother was a professional artist and I learned from her really courage. When I think back on it, she was deaf and red wow. lips. She had some sense of hearing. Uh, it just started to deteriorate uh, over the years, but she couldn't have like a regular job because she, she couldn't really hear. It wasn't at a time yeah. when there was a lot of accessibility for people who have disabilities that, like it is now. And she loved art and she took an art class and just kind of fell into it and made that her profession. And I wow. say it's an act of courage because anybody who is an artist will agree when you produce something like that and then you put it out for people to see (laughs) right you you feel like you're putting a piece of yourself out there and if somebody looks at it and oh that's okay or oh that's fabulous you feel like that's a a a comment on you (laughs) not so much what you created yeah because it's like an extension of yourself right and but we're creators and I think that there is something that is terrifying and rewarding about creating and everybody should do it on some level in some way, because, you know, creating something is, I don't know what it is about that action that is life affirming, but I do believe there's something life affirming about it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, if you think about energy centers in your body, you have a number of different parts of your body that govern different areas of how your body operates. And the seed of creativity is in, you know, your um, sacral chakra, which is uh, in between your belly and your root, you know, and that is where our creativity comes out. And because you think that's the center of where things are birthed and, and all of that. So if you, if you do something 
like just sit down and draw or sing or whatever it is that, you know, makes you feel like you're creating something, then that activates that center. And then it just kind of resonates through your body. Then it would, uh, then it moves up through the third chakra, whereas you, you're, your power center. And that's where you get a sense of, okay, I can do this. And then oh, you know, that energy just kind of moves up. This is my experience. The energy just kind of moves up then through my heart when, and taps into that. Oh yeah, this is my soul's desire. Uh, uh, that soul for connection. Um, yes. I love and, that explanation. Yeah, yeah. And then it moves up through your throat, your communication, your speaking, your truth, uh, and on, on up through your third eye, which governs like, okay, how am I going to do this? Your intuition. <laughs> I really love that. It, it explains it so well, because I, you know, I've never fully been able to tell people why I always say create. I don't know exactly why, <laughs> but it really is life-changing and life-affirming, you know, yeah. So yeah. that's a beautiful, and you know how, what's so interesting, Paige, I, um, lived for a time because I went to school out there. So I know that kind of central Pennsylvania area a little bit. And it's fascinating to me that you grew up in central Pennsylvania, but then your mom struggles, you know, with her deafness and she's an artist and your dad is a singer. So it's such an interesting dichotomy to that part of the world. Because oh yeah, we were, we were definitely a unique family. <laughs> yeah really but, really uh, interesting yeah it was a it was a wonderful experience and it was a great place to live I mean it was a small enough town where everybody knew everybody you couldn't yeah. get away with doing much because even if your parents didn't know what you were doing someone else's parents knew what you were doing so <laughs> kind of <laughs> kept us on the straight and narrow yes. In way <laughs> yes I think in general communities were a little bit different maybe the population wasn't even as and yeah big as it is now um, I was, as you were talking, I was thinking, do you have any, if, if somebody's listening and they're thinking, I want to move to the beach or I'm stuck, I'm in a relationship or in whatever way they're stuck, they want mm -hmm. something beyond their existence right now. If you had to give one piece of advice to that person, what would it be? Oh boy. I know that's hard, but <laughs> well, first, first off, I think you have to start with your mindset and that don't think you have to wait until something happens mm. that elusive someday, yes. because so many of us say that, uh, even when I talk about moving to the beach, they say, oh, you know, someday I'm going to move mm. to the beach Yes. or one day I'm going to do this do it, do it now. I mean, <laughs> you don't have to just sell your house tomorrow and move to the beach, but it, just in your mind, say, I'm, I'm going to do this and I'll do what it takes to get there. Yes. And then you, that kind of sets the, the tone. And then you'll be amazed how the universe will bring people into your life to help you to support you, you know, it magic happens when you just, when you first to say, I'm, I'm going to do this. Yes. 
Yeah. Yes. Just trust. And you I have to trust that that's going to happen. Trust, <laughs> change your mindset. And I love also that you took baby steps. You know, right. you said, okay, I'm going to do this. You know, it's not, it's like you said, it's not, I'm going to sell my house tomorrow. I'm yeah. going to go to the beach. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to get to know people at the beach, you know, mm -hmm. whatever it is. Although you didn't take a baby step with the job, I noticed you came home and typed out the resignation letter, right? Yeah, exactly I was done. <laughs> well, I think that that was coming even before all of that. I I was, I had backed out of a, a management position, so I didn't have all those responsibilities and just kind of went into an hourly clock in and clock out position. Yeah. So it was a little easier to extricate right. myself. And that was a baby step. That was a, yeah, yeah. You know, in a and, way. And that actually made my job fun because I, I didn't have to manage anybody else. I was joking to somebody the other day that I, I can barely manage myself. I can't manage a whole bunch of other, <laughs> other people. It's just you too know, challenging. Yeah. Maybe we need to even relook at that because sometimes I hear business words about people, like even manage, manage people and human yeah, yeah. resources and it is, it's no wonder that there are kind of so many work challenges and issues when you look at even the language that we use. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, uh, on a bit of a tangent in, in the corporate world, I do believe that vernacular is, is important. And as we learn more about meditation and mindfulness and uh, the love languages and all of these personality traits beyond the standard that they always test. Um, it's so much easier, I think, to get along with your coworkers and to, to guide people. And when you know everybody's an individual, everybody's motivated by different things, they have, I, I often use the love languages when I was working with people that some people are, you know, if they're gift people or whatever, they're motivated by getting more money, their paycheck and the other people are more quality time people. So they really appreciate when people help in doing things where they don't have to do it themselves. You know, let's let, let's do this together. I don't know. It's that's kind I of still a, agree with you. It's, yeah. it's crazy. Just even the hierarchical nature of it. And people will talk about going up and being mm -hmm. down. Like they talk about these levels and I used to be, so my title was chief operating officer, but we had like six people. Yeah. <laughs> so when you chief, you know, you're like, okay, we're all just working together. You know, it's, it's kind of crazy. And I would sometimes say things like that. And people would look at me like I had, you know, three heads, but I guess what happens sometimes is I guess people are looking for validation. Mm -hmm. And sometimes those titles for whatever reason to whomever mean something, but I always thought, calm down. And we're all human beings working together. I mean, I know somebody has to be in charge of whatever, and that's right. fine. Right. But there is this kind of crazy. Why can't you be like the chief happiness officer? <laughs> exactly. There were companies that are, they're starting. I mean, you see some innovative companies that are saying like the chief experience officer, right? And, you know, and I think that that's really a smart move. And because I, I often hear going off on a, a tangent too, like people aren't working. Well, maybe nobody wants to work there. Maybe think about that, you know, 
think about why. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's part of that larger um, picture about who are we? Mm-hmm. How are we treating one another? And again, you know, it's part of my title, my name. So I'm, I believe we're all connected. Um, so how I Absolutely. treat you and how I treat me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think during the pandemic, when we were left alone, yeah, we, well, I'll speak for myself, really became to value those connections because I did really feel disconnected in my community. Yes. What wasn't there. I mean, we can do this on zoom all the time. In fact, I did join a group where we are all still meeting on zoom, but we're going to Cancun together. And Oh, that's so nice because we want to meet each other. And we thought, what a fabulous right. place to go. And I was like, okay, it's the beach for sure. I'm going. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm always, Heading toward a beach if I can. Even when I went to England, I found a coastal, you know, area. Um, yeah, the, I do think the pandemic showed us in so many ways the importance of connection. Even if you look at the fact that, you know, I remember seeing this um, virus in China and feeling like it couldn't touch me, which I know is ridiculous now, but that's really what I was thinking. And so if you talk about the connectivity of that whole experience that we all experienced that virus, that shows how powerful connected connection is. But also mm-hmm. we had a minute. I think sometimes we also stopped for a minute so people could explore like, what does make me happy? What do I want? Mm-hmm. You know? Exactly, exactly. So how do you kind of keep on track? Do you have... Um, practices or rituals, or is there something that you do, you see, you do for inspiration? How do you kind mm-hmm. of make sure that you're on track with your own happiness goals and self-actualization right. goals? <laughs> <laughs> well, I have to communicate with the beach and keep that communication open. And my best that's a, I mean that's the channel for my creativity and my ideas and my well-being all of that sort of thing and I just live a few blocks from the beach so I can walk down there in the morning which I often do I I'm a morning person I love the sunrise yeah. uh, the sunsets on the gulf are fabulous too I don't discount them at all however there's something about getting up in the morning and walking down to the beach and just sitting there in the sand and I I am guilty of taking way too many photographs. <laughs> I have oh right. 40 some thousand and <laughs> my phone. No, no joke. I, I just did an episode about how I lost my iPhone and in in the ocean. Um and what a traumatic experience that was. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> running God. around like the ocean stole my phone. Right. Yeah. This, I, I'll just sit there meditate, take photographs, talk to my beach peeps. You know, there's a bunch of us that walk the beach at, that are regular. So we'll just check in with each other. Nice. You know, it's kind of like your own little community. So that, that definitely gets me centered and grounded and inspired and, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, I would say that's probably my main yeah. Sort of. I mean, I think too, when you're looking at a sun rise, 
And I think the act of sometimes I take a lot of photos myself and to me, it's almost like cementing it or there's something powerful about taking that photo. You know, it's so beautiful. You know, it's ephemeral and you're almost kind of trying to absorb it and capture it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's also part of my connection with others because I like to say, when you can't get to the beach, I'll bring the beach to you. And yeah. Oh, I love that. I, any of the photographs I take that I think people would love, I post on Facebook, Instagram, I'm texting them. Everybody loves them. That's really kind of my, aside from the podcast is just posting all those beautiful photographs and videos so that, you know, if you can't get to the beach and you just like, sometimes I'll just video, I don't know, a minute, two minutes. So you can just sit there and watch. And, and we can, we can experience that. I right. love it. Right. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Well, I've started this thing at the end of the podcast where in support of this organization called the liveproject.org, which is a wonderful group dedicated for reducing teen suicide ultimately um, by sparking fearless conversation. They have a game. It's called the game that goes there. And um, you can purchase it on their website. And I like to pull a card and ask the question. So the card I pulled is at the rate I'm going, soon I'll be an expert on blank. <laughs> <laughs> I I would love to say I'm an expert at, on the beach, mm-hmm. about the beach. That That is one that, I feel like I ought to know more about the beach and more about beaches, but I am learning just like everybody else. When people ask me, what's, what's your beach bucket list and what's the one that you want to go to? And I'm like, all of them. And those, I, there are some, I have never even heard of it. <laughs> oh, so right. I, I forgot. My husband did want me to, before you go, you have to tell oh, me what your, is your favorite beach? Cause he didn't oh, ask gosh. me to ask you that. <laughs> <laughs> that question. He's a beach guy. Yeah. Well, for the longest time, and I guess it still is, uh, there's a beach in Sarasota, Siesta Key. It's on the Gulf side. And the sand there is is so powdery and white. It's it's uh, ground quartz, very fine. And it reflects the sunlight. So it doesn't absorb the heat as much as hmm. a, you know a darker sand would. So when you step out onto it, you don't have to really worry about <laughs> tiptoeing to your towel because your feet are burning. Yeah. And I always enjoyed going there. I recently went to a a beach on the Atlantic coast down further south toward Miami and on Hutchison Island and that Jensen beach. I talk about that on my podcast because it was a surprise. I love the beaches that are a surprise that I didn't know what to expect. And it was just the, uh, the sand, the blue of the, the ocean, you know, it was almost like the Caribbean or someplace like that. And so I guess, you know, some of my favorite beaches are the ones that have been a surprise to me. Yeah, I get that. And I don't, I mean, I've never been to Cancun, so Cancun might be (laughs) my next favorite. (laughs) I do. I talked to a couple. 
I do, I talked to a couple in Australia that uh, have a podcast called Beach Travel Wine. And they were telling me that Australia has 10,000 beaches <laughs> because it's an island essentially. And the whole coast is our beaches. So they're just an innumerable ones to visit. So I'm sorry to disappoint your husband in telling that there's not one specific one. You know what? That's good. That'll give him. I mean, I agree with what you said about the surprise. We've been to Puerto Rico and we'll ask somebody, where's your favorite? And they tell us. And then we've been like walking in an alley and I'm thinking, what is on the other side? We parked in some crazy spot. We're walking in an alley and we've gotten through the alley and looked and gone, oh my gosh breathtaking you know so it there's something really fun about going to a beach that you didn't expect to be so amazing and yeah you know. yeah and and quite often they're really close to where you are like I yeah I'm, I'm fortunate that I live in Florida so obviously yep. I have a few more choices in the beaches that I go to but as far as being being an expert on something right now I I do think podcasting yeah <laughs> I think in the amount of time that I've done it and the conferences I've attended and the webinars, the YouTube videos I've watched, I, I feel like I have a pretty good handle of how it all goes. It's just uh, maybe awesome. in the, in the execution of it. I, I like to talk to people who enjoy podcasts, who want to start one. I'm always happy to share my experience and what I know. I'm not a formal coach or anything on that but it often helps to, to speak to those that are doing the thing that you want to do because. It, right. Cause I do it, but I am the furthest thing from an expert. So oh, you, no. I may be tapping on your door <laughs> with, with no. questions. I have a you're, lot of You're them. very good. No, you're, <laughs> you're a great conversationalist. You bring out the best in your guests. You make them comfortable and you are able to establish that soulful connection right away. So that is thank you. Very I think that's very important when you have a podcast because you you want to share it with others. You want people to listen and enjoy. They yeah. say people yeah. come for the content, but they stay for the host. And oh I think I never even heard that. Yeah. Yeah. So just keep being you and keep doing what you're doing. And you know the rest will will fall into place. It doesn't have to be an NPR produce show. In fact, I think people enjoy hearing the, the uh, being a little more raw and yeah. natural and not too overproduced. So, yeah. yeah. That, that all, well, that authenticity is something that, you know, I Absolutely. gravitate toward for sure. Paige, I am so thankful. I really am so thankful because I have to tell everybody. I just found Paige's website. I thought, well, I want her to be on the podcast. How do I get to her? Oh, I can record a message to her on her website. <laughs> and I know. I got to you. I'm so happy that you agreed to come on. I can't even tell you. Um, and my I pleasure. Love you so thank you not only for coming on the podcast, but thanks for doing what you do and really serving as a little, a beacon of light for all of us who are trying to live our best and most exciting life. Yeah, I guess uh, I will end with what I say at the end of my podcast is the beach is speaking. Are you listening?
Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, consider giving it a great rating and following all the things you do when you like a podcast. Thank you to William Aronson for writing, producing, recording the Soulful Connections theme song. And once again, thank you for listening. I hope you keep tuning in.